Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is why is XPO spinning off RxO with my friend Drew Wilkerson? How's it going, Drew? Hey, Joe. Thank you for having me. It's going great. So, Drew, where are you calling from today and what company do you work for? So, I am the president of North American Transportation at XPO Logistics. And I will be the CEO of RxO when we spin off in the fourth quarter. And I'm calling in from beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina. I can see it in the background. So not all of you are watching a video. Those who are working at this listing on a podcast, you can't see the cool view. What? How, how many floors up are you? I am nine floors up. Very nice. So I hope it's nice and hot down there. Uh, everybody is, from Michigan wants to be too hot in Carolinas in the in the summertime. But in the nineties, <laughs> always. So, Drew, you mentioned you are the what was what is your current title at XPO? I'm the president of North American Transportation, and so what that entails that's led by our truck brokerage team, and is complemented by our managed transportation team, as well as our last mile and global forwarding team. So it's essentially you think of. Everything else outside of LTL in North America falls under me, but we lead with our tech-enabled truck brokerage platform. Very nice, very nice. So we'll come back to that in a minute. But Drew, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you join the mighty XPO. So I grew up in a small town, not too far down the road from Charlotte in Hartsville, South Carolina. It's a little town, just under 8,000 people. And I went to the University of South Carolina. Both my mom and my dad were Gamecocks, so I followed. Ah, and very nice. People love the Gamecocks. I, I know there's a lot of people wearing Gamecock stuff who are yeah, not. Yeah, much older. I got some. But they are, can't all be fans. I'm in Michigan, and there's a ton of people walking around with Gamecocks insignias on them. I don't know any Clemson fans. <laughs> well, I'm a Michigan fan, so we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, – yeah, it's surprising you guys aren't in the Big Ten like the UCLA and USC. Who knows? This crazy times. You'll be in it before you know it. No, no. We're going to stay in the Southeastern <laughs> Conference. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one or the other, isn't it? So you grew up in South Carolina. You went to school. What did you study? I was actually a public relations major. I've got a journalism degree, believe it or not. And we, you know, But not too long after graduation, I went to work for a company called C.H. Robinson. And Started on the desk level in brokerage. You know, I was on the carrier side. I was on the customer side. I was on the outside sales team. So I did a number of different roles at Robinson before coming into XPO. And um, I oversaw the first acquisition that Brad did. It was a company called Continental Freight. Right. So how long ago did you join XPO? And I saw, I was looking at your LinkedIn. So you were at Robinson, which another juggernaut in this business. Great company. When and why did you decide to jump to XPO? So I came to XPO over a decade ago, and it was for, for two reasons. It was the opportunity to be a part of what is going to be the, the you know, the premier transportation company with the best technology out there. And also because of personal growth, I, I had the opportunity. I saw where I thought the company could go. And I knew that if I performed and I was surrounded by great people, that I'd have the opportunity for personal growth here. Yeah. So Brad Jacobs was the, I think he's the founder of XPO, right? 
he, he acquired a company called Express One and was the CEO. And he, he's been here, you know, for I think close to 12 years now. Yeah. So you must have been watching what he was doing, which was acquiring Absolutely. a lot of different companies. And you decided, hey, I want to be part of that. And and if you don't mind, give us just a little bit of background about Brad, because I know he was very successful in some other industries. And then he came to this industry and I think he saw this. And again, this is a view that most of us wouldn't have. The view of this is a very big opportunity here. There's a lot of companies not necessarily using technology, not necessarily big enough to serve the market that, the way it needs to be served. I'm thinking that's what Brad thought. So yeah, you're, you're talk a little bit right. about that. Brad's one of the great CEOs of our time. He's a phenomenal leader. His best attribute is just the teams that he builds around him, but he's authentic and genuine. He started early on by trading oil futures, and he did that both in the U.S. and went over to Europe and did it as well. And then he founded a company called United Waste, which later sold out to Waste, waste Management. And after that, went on to start what we all know as United Reynolds before coming and starting XPO. He had two great, great successes before he got here. Uh, well, and if you look at XPO and United Reynolds over the last decade, we are both in the top 10 on performing stocks over the last decade. Yeah, and we'll get back to that in a second. So I, I had Ben Gordon on my podcast a few times, but one of the things, one time we were talking about FedEx and UPS, and he said... He says, if you look at XPO, he says, one of the great success stories of not only logistics, but of the last decade or so. And he said, if you don't look at FedEx and UPS, which they obviously benefited quite a bit from all, all of us buying on e-commerce, but XPO has killed it. And, I, and you know, it was interesting to watch. And again, I, I was connected to Brad Jacobs just on LinkedIn. It's not like we're hanging out. But um I would watch. He's you know, good to hang out with, though. I mean, he, he, uh, I can tell right. you he's a lot of fun to hang out with. But as he would post, you know, his insights on the industry, a long time ago, he was talking about e-commerce. A long time ago, he was talking about this consolidation, and he made it happen. And um, as I would watch this, you sometimes watch people roll up companies, and they just buy, buy, buy. Who knows what the valuations are? And then at some point, it's just a flop. They're not growing organically. They're not building any sort of, you know, sustainable business. That's not what XPO did. <laughs> no, no not, not at all. And I mean, it actually started for me in my interview process with Brad. And, you know, Brad talked about the brokerage industry being ripe for disruption because of technology. And so from day one, we've invested in technology within our truck brokerage team. And we built it out to focus on margin enhancement volume growth, and employee productivity. So we had to focus on three things to be able to achieve great results there. We focus on our customers. And for our customers, we built a system, XPO Connect, which will soon be RxO Connect. And we built our XPO Connect to be able to help our customers decide what day of the week they should ship, what mode of transportation they, they should use. We've even gone as far as helping customers decide where they should place a warehouse for the best transportation right. efficiency efficiency out there. So we've got massive amounts of data that we present to customers. The second thing that we focused on was the carriers. And on the carrier side, you know, the first thing you have to have is scale. So as we built it up and became the fourth largest truckload broker in, in the U.S., we've got enough scale to where carriers don't have to leave us to find their next load. Right. And that now the technology is so great that they can pick up their app and they can pick up their phone and, you know, just like yours was ringing right there, they can pick up their phone and they can, 
you know, click, click a button and they can book a shipment now and they can negotiate and do all, all that with no human interaction. And they can use their phone to access the rewards program that gives them discounts on fuel, tires, even like the TVs that would go in the sleeper cab, anything that helps the carriers put more money in their pockets. And the last piece that we focused on was our employees. And, you know, that's something we talked about, you know, how I started my career. So it was near and dear to my heart. You know, we, we focused on a simple thing. It was having less clicks on the mouse because that allows you to do more loads per day. And so over the last five years, we've grown our volume at nearly triple the rate that we've grown our headcount. And that's because of the investment in technology that our folks are still working the same days but they're able to do more loads per day because of the investments that we've made in technology. Yeah. And you know, I've say this all the time. I do this podcast three times a week. And one of the things I've observed and talked about quite a bit is cost per load. So you have the, you have the trucker price that or the carrier price and you have the price that the customer gets and you have that broker in the middle and they are adding value. Not all of them, but the good ones are adding value, but they do recognize that you're a middleman. And I used to say when I sold logistics services, when somebody would say, you're just a middleman, I say, I'm a middleman who's getting you that truck for much cheaper than you're currently paying. And I would always say, like, when you go buy bananas, do you go down to uh, Brazil and get them or do you go to the, <laughs> you go to Walmart and get them? Right? <laughs> Joe, Joe, we're an aggregator of capacity. You know, exactly. when you look at the carriers that we're dealing with, The majority of the carriers that we're dealing with are small carriers. So think one to 10, 15, 20 trucks. You're their sales force. We're we're helping them access freight from some of the largest companies in the world. We do business with around half of the Fortune 100 companies with with our truck brokerage team. And for that, you know, these small carriers wouldn't typically walk into a company like that and be able to do business. But what we can do is pull these carriers together and give customers access to massive amounts of capacity. And I will say this, getting back to the technology piece, when you have a top technology and you guys can obviously, uh, if you've invested, you've done well with that, you can actually reduce the cost per load and you can make the digital experience that shippers and consumers now expect. And we have it in our, on our phones when everybody's has uh, an experience with Amazon and DoorDash and shipped and, you know, whatever else, they have an expectation that they're going to get that really nice digital experience. And for a long time, we didn't deliver that. But also, companies that using automation like XPO are able to lower the cost per load, which that at some point, the tide's going to go out and the 17,000 freight brokers out there, the ones that aren't using great technology are going to find themselves out of business because you either have the, the leading tech or you don't. <laughs> Joe, we've had phenomenal growth over the last decade. You know, it really started from the ground up, and it was because of our investment in technology, the way that we service customers that allowed us to continue to grow. You know, if you look at the last eight years, our brokerage team has grown at nearly three times the rate that the truck brokerage industry has grown. And that's the truck brokerage industry that's performing extremely well. That's because of our investment in technology. But I'm more excited about the next decade than I am the previous. We've got a great foundation that's been built now. Yeah. So not so long ago, I, th- I want to say a year ago, you can give me the exact date. I interviewed Mark uh, Manduka from GXO. 
we talk a little bit different, don't we? There's, there's yeah. an accent different between <laughs> yeah. the two of us. He's got that very slick James Bond accent. We, we, we talked about there beforehand. But I think you Southerners, you kind of have that going on because you're this uh, sharp as a tack, but just, oh, shucks, I don't know. I'm just a good old boy. Yeah, anything no, but. <laughs> no. I, 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 like I said, I was born and raised in small town South Carolina. You know, the first thing that you got to be is honest <laughs> down in small town South Carolina. Exactly. So I interviewed Mark Manduka, and, and that was when – XPO was spinning off GXO and he came on to talk about it. and the and what we did is a podcast called Why is XPO spinning off GXO. So first off, why don't you give us a little bit of the history of XPO and then why why the spin-off of first GXO and now coming up RXO. Yeah, so take a step back to XPO pre-pandemic. And right before the pandemic, you know, we put out a plan that we were going to either sell or divest I four of five parts of the company. And that was our European supply chain business, the North American supply chain business, the European transportation business, and the North American transportation business, the part of the business that I oversee. So fast forward through the pandemic, obviously that threw things for a loop when the pandemic started. You know, We put the North American supply chain and the European supply chain together to form one of the largest contract logistics companies out there that's now GXO. And that's warehousing and fulfillment. And do they do, uh, they also do transportation? No, more on the warehousing and fulfillment side. And where do they, where are their warehouses at? I know you're not uh, in that all, division. All over but... the world, all, all over the world. They, 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 they are, they are worldwide. And I got to say this guys, that is increasingly important. I think the average warehousing company has one location, which when we're talking same day, next day, one warehouse in Indianapolis isn't going to cut it anymore. And I would also say this is that the internet is global. Clearly, we're all using it worldwide web. That means that when somebody wants to buy something, they might want to buy it in England. They might want to buy it in Canada or Mexico. You need a partner who can go everywhere. And that's that's just talking e-commerce. Obviously, big brands and retailers, same way. So that's GXO. Why now are we spinning off RxO, and what do you guys do? So it's still the completion of the plan that we started in early 2020. You know, not only are we spinning out RxO, we're going to um, hopefully divest our European transportation business. You know, hopefully by the end of the year. When you look at RxO, we are the tech-enabled truck brokerage platform. We're the fourth largest truckload broker. Wow! And o- over the last eight years, we've grown three times the market. You know, as a whole, RxO is going to be about a $5 billion company that will have complementary services and managed transportation, which is highly complementary to our tech-enabled truck brokerage platform. That's where customers outsource all of their transportation to us, and um, we are their logistics arm. That We've also got our last mile business, where we are the leader in big and bulky goods. And our locations put us within 120 miles of 90% of the population. And the last piece of business is our global forwarding business. And that gives us good visibility to what's coming over from Asia and Europe. Yeah. So you mentioned that final mile. Now, what you just described is a, a brokerage, but you guys have some assets? They're independent contractors that work with us on, on, on the last mile business. So you guys built that super network that's connected to your your technology. So. Uh, which is increasingly important is be able to have that. You know, it's interesting. I say this all the time. As we get into the final mile, we never used to say, we never said middle mile. We never said first mile. Now all of a sudden we're saying first mile, middle mile, and final mile. 
But I think the final mile is a little needs a little work. And what I've always said is the gig economy stepped up big time during the pandemic, and we were all happy they did it. Groceries came <laughs> to the house. You name it, you could get it delivered to the house. The challenge with uh, the gig economy is the lack of uh, logistics rigor, operational excellence. And so I feel like keep the gig economy, but overlay it with technology and an operator who gets who grinds out every last efficiency and makes it more effective every damn day. You're absolutely right, Joe. I mean, we've got over 200 locations across the country with our last mile business. And, you know, I said that it puts us, you know, within 120 miles and 90% of the population, but we take it very seriously that we represent our customers. We're the, we're the last representation that they have as we're delivering, you know, a washer and dryer, refrigerator, dishwasher, things like that. And we're crossing into somebody's home. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that bar is higher when you're d- delivering to homes just for, because of the experience, because, you know, and I, <laughs> I'm not against it myself, but I know if you're trying to deliver washer and dryer to say my mom's house and you got like a big face fat tattoo, she's going to call her son. <laughs> Some man with a face tattoo is calling me. So it, not only that, but also when you're delivering to homes, they aren't professional receivers. They don't have a dock. There might be a barking dog. There might be uh, the address missing. There might be a beehive on the, on the porch. So the bar is higher. I mean, we expect more, but it's harder to do. That's why we do over 11 million shipments a year. And so that's why it's important to Ooh. partner with somebody who has ha- had a lot of experience going in and out of the home. So let's get back to the title here today is why is XPO spinning off RxO? So you spun off GXO last year. And done very well. And so now, now you're spinning off RxO, and that'll happen. What, what date? It, we haven't put a date out there. What we've said is the the spin will happen in the fourth quarter for RxO. And when you say spin, that means it's another publicly traded company. It will be a standalone company of RxO, and it's publicly traded. It will be publicly traded. We haven't said where it'll be publicly traded, but it'll be publicly traded. Yeah, and I think that's significant because there's just not that many publicly traded logistics companies. I think if you go back 20 years, not very many. And I think we've got a lot. It it shows the the growth and the importance of the supply chain that there all of a sudden is. (laughs) Well, there's three more thanks to XPO, XPO, GXO, and RXO. So why, why do it? What's the, why do this? Why not stay part of the mothership? Two reasons. One is operational synergy. So when you look on the LTL side right now, we've got a salesperson for LTL and we've got a salesperson for what the future of RxO will, will look like. And we've had the sales forces separated for a while now. The technology is separated. So when you look at operational synergies, there's not a ton between the asset-based LTL side and what will be RxO in the future. The second reason is shareholder value. You know, if you look both on the LTL side and within our truck brokerage group, we're trading at a significant discount to our competitors, right. even when we're outperforming them. So, you know, we want to give investors something that is a pure play that they can understand and they can put our metrics up against others. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I, again, I, I'm connected to Brad Jacobs on LinkedIn and he was kind of pointing out the, over time, it was kind of an education in saying, Hey, we're either going to sell this company, we're going to split this up, we're going to do something somewhere along the line to make sure we get that shareholder value. But from a shipper perspective, you're saying 
hey, we can serve these guys better. There is not necessarily a synergy for us to be connected to warehouses. There's not necessarily a synergy for us to be connected to the LTO carrier. And by the way, I should also tell you, I'm about 20 minutes from XPO in Ann Arbor, which used to be. Oh, great. I, I love, I love Ann Arbor. I, you know, I, I, you know, that not only is that where a large portion of our LTL group is at, we've also got a great truck brokerage team that is in Ann Arbor as well. Right, right. Well, I think that was the the old Conway. And by the way, when I was still selling logistics services, Conway was one of the LTL carriers we used. And I'm not just saying this because you're on my podcast. They're the very best. They were they weren't never the, never the cheapest. But when we had a problem lane, we're like, all right, the hell with it. <laughs> the hell with the discounters. Call up Conway. <laughs> It's a great team, you know. Well, now XPO. I'm sorry, it's XPO now. now, But you know, you look at they service over twenty thousand customers. So to your point, service has to be good for these customers to come back to our LTL team year after year. Yeah, and by the way, as we go through what has been a very difficult time with COVID, and by the way, I no longer say COVID's going away. I caught it again a few weeks ago. So damn it. I'm not going to, I think COVID listened to the podcast. It heard me say, Glad you're doing well, though, Joe. thank you. Thank you. But we struggled. I mean, obviously the supply chain stepped up, but if you look, a lot of LTL companies did not step up. They fell down and there was people you could call up an LTL company. I know you guys are better than this, but call them. They say, hey, call us in three weeks. <laughs> we can't do this right now. So we, we, these guys went through some hell <laughs> and for LTL carriers that are used to just being very good day, day in, day out, it must've been quite a, quite a gut punch. Well, and for our brokerage team, Joe, you know, I mean, you're right. There was a lot of volatility in the market and there, there, there still is. And, our brokerage team thrives at creating solutions for customers in those markets. And that's part of the reason why we've been able to continue to grow and take market share because we come up with unique solutions for our customers. You know, whether it's drop trailers, whether it is dedicated capacity, transloading, all of these, we work with a customer and we don't put them in a box and tell them what it's got to look like. We create unique solutions for our customers that we do business with. Right. And by the way, I should also mention, guys, um, I I learned this before we hit record. I was asking, Drew, what percent of the old company, uh, XPO, is RXO? Because I was thinking, is this, I I know (laughs) XPO and Brad Jacobs and his team don't do small things, but this is a significant chunk of the old company. So that that was a big part of the XPO business, what will become RXO, right? That's, that's right. We are the largest revenue piece of what will be our RXO. We'll be just under $4 billion. Now, LTL still dominates on EBITDA and creating the most right, profit, right. but we're working on that. <laughs> well, there's there's lots of room to grow. And again, I do think- Absolutely. It's a massive market, Joe. You know, When you look at the overall trucking market, it's a $400 billion market. Brokerage is an $88 billion market. And whenever I started in this industry you know, 15 plus years ago, Brokers had about 10% share of the four higher trucking market. Today is 22. And that's because of the technology, the solutions that I've talked to you right. about that allow us to continue to go out there and take share. And we've only got 4%. So our, our best days are ahead of us. Yeah. I say this all the time. I get a lot of calls from trucking companies who used to, not so much this last year because they did well, but I would get them and they say, we just want good shipper freight. And I would say, that's good. I'm looking at your website. It's 15 years old. You need to update that. And I say, uh, you also need to hire sales guys. And then that's always where they stop because they don't want to hire sales guys, which is fine. The brokerage is their sales team. 
And, uh, you know, you work with a good broker, a good brokerage like XPO, you're going to make good money. You can grow your business with them. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. when they got 4% of the market, that's a lot more than any carrier, any lot more business than any one carrier can swallow. Yeah. So going forward, explain to me again one more time, just because this is a lot to, lot to digest. What XPO does after this is all completed, what XPO will do, what GXO will do, and what RXO will do. So after after the spin is completed, XPO is just going to be our asset-based LTL business where we're the yep. nation's third largest LTL provider. We've got a nationwide network. It's a team of great operators that have been together for, for years. GXO will continue on the supply chain and the warehousing where they've got a great presence. And RXO is going to continue to be a leader in the truck brokerage space the, you know, where we've got some complementary businesses in there, but primarily focused on our tech-enabled truck brokerage platform. And our te- again, our technology is our different differentiator. It's why we are outgrowing the market today. So talk, talk a little bit about that. You guys developed that in-house. You got a whole tech team over there? We, we've, got, we've got a great tech team. And, you know, we've got some of the best technologists in the world. And if you think they've come from premier tech companies, you know, Amazon, Microsoft, Uber, several MIT graduates. But what we've been able to do so well, Joe, is we've been able to pair them with operators of the business. It's not technology or operations. We built this to go hand in hand. And that's unique and it's a differentiator for us. Yeah, so that, that, that's a great point because there's a lot of people I interview on my podcast and I can always tell the difference when they say, I came to this industry because of total addressable market. That means they, that's a tech term and nothing against it. But one of the things I've observed is if you go back a few years, there was companies that were purely tech and they didn't fully understand the nuances of this business, which has a lot of nuances, right? And then there's other guys who kind of came old school and a lot of them didn't necessarily upgrade to tech. And I think those guys are going bye-bye if they don't partner up. (laughs) But you, you worked as two companies, XPO and Robinson that have invested and have invested a lot. (laughs) So we've invested billions of dollars into our, our, our technology and, you know, like we, we are the original disruptors in the brokerage industry. That was part of Brad's vision that, you know, when we first started was being able to take something that there's not a lot of technology. And so we now we've got massive amounts of data. Our truck brokerage team's roughly $3 billion, but our managed transportation team has $4 billion of freight under management. So when you look at all the data that we've got, we're able to pull that together to create solutions for our customers. And we've also got great pricing algorithms that work for both the customers and the carriers to give them real-time pricing in, in market competitive. When you say real-time pricing, is that like the is that the kind of the equivalent of dynamic it's pricing? The click of a button. It is the click of a button where you can get a rate. Yeah. See, that's that's where I think there's not very many companies doing that. And I think you can't just do it with a little bit of data. You can so it's not as if uh, mom and pa down the street go, hey, we do about we do about a thousand loads a, a week. We should have no problem creating that data. No, that ain't that isn't it. You see, so you guys have billions of dollars under management. And so when you created those algorithms to get that pricing now, it was based on quite a bit of data. Which- yeah, quite quite a bit of data. You know, e- even looking at our own internal load to truck ratio, exactly what's going on in the market that that day. You know, we our, our system is extremely smart. It updates throughout the day. It's not something that, you know, 
we update each month and, and the, the pricing changes week to week or anything like that. It up, uh, oper- it updates as the day's moving to what's going on in the market that day. Yep. So Drew, a little bit about you, just switching gears just for a minute. So you're still a young man. Uh, you might not feel it sometimes, you. but you're a very Thank young you. man. So uh, how did you get to the top spot so quick? Talk talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done. I'm assuming you did a real good job of, of executing Brad Jacobs' vision. So what is it that you guys have done not only to, to grow, but also uh, what have you done to do grow your career to get to that spot? I've surrounded myself with great people. I work with some of the the best people in the industry. And they're not just like the best operators, the best technologists, the best sales leader. They're great people. And, you know, being able to work with people who are going to give you feedback in real time and you're willing to accept it is always something that, that is I'll helpful. see most bosses don't want feedback. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that's not our culture. That's not our culture at XPO and it won't be our culture at RX. So we want feedback from our customers, our carriers, our employees. And I, I can give you examples. If you look at our, our customers, we're surveying them weekly to find out what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, to see what are some other solutions that we can create for them. For our employees, we do we do simple surveys that just ask, how do you rate your job one to 10? What can we do to make it a 10? And you know, we read every one of those surveys for the people who are within our within our teams. So it's something that, that is part of building the culture around you to be able to do that. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what about you? How you kind of talked about what you guys are doing at XPO, but how'd you get to the top job? I know you said you've I know you had this good but there had to be some surrounded myself with great people. I focused on on the customers that we're doing business with, built relationships with, with our top customers and with our team, you know, it, it it can be somebody who's you know been here for a week and they can walk into my office and talk to me being approachable is something that that has definitely helped me. And having a vi- vision for where we're going, you know, if it's not where we are today, but it's how do we double the business, uh, you know, o- over the next several years. Yep. Speaking of which, when you spin this new company off, where will you guys be based? Right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. They, they, they didn't want to move me. They, they, they said my accent <laughs> couldn't leave, but couldn't go, but so far north. So why Charlotte? I mean, I know you're there. Yeah. So Sh- Charlotte's one, just a great city. It's one of the fastest growing cities in the country. You know, if you look, the banking community is heavily in, involved in Charlotte. But Charlotte has also been the operational headquarters for the part of the business that I oversee from the inception of XPO. So this was, you know, one of our largest offices, you know, from day one. And so it makes sense for our operation to be here and our, our leadership team will be here in Charlotte. There was three there were three cities down there that, that you guys used to call the technology triangle, but it was. It, There's research triangle, which yeah, is maybe right, right around it. the Raleigh, Raleigh area. There's a lot of tech down there and people don't think of that. And then I think you're kind of smack dab in trucking world. And I think if you think about where smack dab in the middle of the United States, it's somewhere between Georgia and Ohio, right? There's a lot going on with, I mean, because you can hit the East Coast and I, and I know you guys are not necessarily broke drivers, but it's helpful to be right smack dab in the middle of trucking culture. You know, there's a lot of people out on the West Coast and and they do well and I'm not, not uh, criticizing, but I always think that's not where trucking lives. <laughs> trucking lives over here. There, there's a lot of freight here for sure. There, there's a, And there's a lot of our customers that are, are, are within a very short driving distance to us. Right. Let's wrap this bad boy up. So again, today we're talking to Drew, Drew Wilkinson and we're talking about why is XPO spinning off RXO? And he explained that it's 
its synergies weren't necessarily, not necessarily seeing the synergy of being part of this great company. So we'll split off and be his sister company. And also just helping the shareholders. And this is really focusing your company, RxO, the soon to be RxO on your market. So I want to get some final thoughts on this. Then before you go, I want to hear uh, you plug your company a little bit. So final thoughts on this topic. Yeah, again, you know, so it's to create two standalone powerhouses for um, XPO on the LTL world and then for RxO on the tech-enabled truck brokerage platform that we've been able to create. That's something that's going to be a simple story for our customers to understand. It's going to be a simple story for investors to understand. You've got market leaders in both XPO and RxO in their fields now. So we are extremely excited that, you know, the fourth quarter can't get here soon enough for us. Yeah. So before you go, who's your sweet spot? Who do you guys work with? I mean, you obviously have grown like a weed. So it means you know your customer really well. You know your market really well. Who's the sweet spot for what will be our RxO in the fourth quarter? We work with customers of all sizes, but we built the business on large companies. So think Fortune 100, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 companies. And what that allowed us to do was to build up a network and we've got power lanes across the country where we built up a lot of capacity. And now phase two for us is where we can bring in some of the smaller customers and some of the mid-sized customers where they can tap into the capacity on these power lanes that we built for these large customers. So we're very excited for phase two in RxO. Well, it sounds like you guys are on your way. I mean, congratulations. First off, for, congratulations to you personally for getting the top job here. It sounds like you've earned Thank it. You. But also congratulations to XPO and GXO and RxO. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed talking with you today. Yeah, thank you very much. And what I'll do, Drew, is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile and I'll put a link to whatever your marketing team gives me. So if anybody wants to reach out and talk to Drew and his team, you'll have those links. So thank you so much, Drew. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.